What's up, y'all? Make some motherfucking noise. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. All right. I tell you what, man, as I look across the news that's going on, I am excited about today. There's no way I can get to all this nonsense. There's so much stuff. First off, Donald Trump looks like he's going on the Rogan show. Uh, he t- he tweeted he tweeted out a thing yesterday where he said, uh, who thinks I should go on the Joe Rogan show? And then he retweeted today, looks like the people have spoken. And then he tagged Joe Rogan. Let's make this happen. That was on Twitter. <clears throat> can you imagine? Can you imagine if Joe Biden went on Joe Rogan's show for three hours? If he would, but you know, the thing that would be good about that, if Joe Biden was on the Rogan show for three hours, he might be able to, with all of his snafus, uh, he might be able to edit together like four complete sentences in the course of three hours. And, oh man, there's no way his handlers would let that happen. Can you imagine Joe Biden's on there? He says some stupid shit and then Jamie's in the background going, uh, yeah, that is not true. <laughs> they would just roast him. There's no way, there's no way Joe could talk for three hours and 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 not just dig himself in such a deep hole. I mean, come on, just start asking him about his college education and everything that he said, you know, top of the class and all that. All the stuff that we've already known to be fake with Joe Biden would just come out in droves on the Joe Rogan podcast. Now, Trump, on the other hand, uh, yeah, I think he'll do fine. I think he'll do fine and paint a picture of uh, of, of uh you know, I'm not a Trump fan. Let me let me clarify this. I'm not a Trump fan at all. I mean, I was under the impression. Okay, <clears throat> let me rewind all of this. If, if we're going to get into this right now, uh, you know, when Donald Trump ran the first time, I did vote for Donald Trump. I fi- I thought to myself, okay, well, he's just he's just being this outrageous character because that's what he needs to do to win. It's a it's a media ploy. It's all this other kind of stuff. This is just to win. Once he be, get, becomes in office, he will be more he will act more presidential. Now, I'm not saying that he didn't get a lot of good stuff done when he was president because he did. He did. The downfall of Donald Trump was his attitude. His cockiness, his arrogant his arrogance and he just never he never reeled it back. He never fell into that acting presidential. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are being like, yeah, but that's what we needed. We needed somebody that was going to go outside the box, kick, kick all this politicians to the curb and be, you know, uh, uh, not reckless, but rude and uh, obnoxious to the system that is going on. And OK, I see that point. But at the same time, I think he could have been a tad more presidential. His attitude was what made me go third party to the libertarian candidate, Joe Jorgensen, when he was going to get reelected. I had to vote my conscience. I had to go for who I thought, who I wanted to see in the, in the, in the Oval Office that represented me. So I went with Joe, uh, with, uh, Joe Jorgensen. Anyways, that being said, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news today. Here, let me pull up my notes because I know I'm not going to get to all of this. There's no way I can get to all of this. This show would be four hours long if I got to all of it. Um, let's see, let me, let me breeze over some of this real quick. I was, I read a story about teachers sending out a memo, a principal sending out a memo to the teachers in a school to rename a student, um, that was identifying as something else. Uh, and they, they pretty much made it clear in there that they, that the parents don't know, and we're not going to tell the parents. So this is just a school going behind their parents back and totally renaming a child 
I've got another teacher in here that 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 has like an identity changing room in the class where they can come to school in the in the clothes that the parents dress them in, but they can go into the identity closet. I think he called it the identity closet and change into whatever clothes they identify in. And of course, like Superman, go back in the phone booth and change back before their parents pick them up. Now, these are two different incidences, two different schools, but this is the mentality of teachers that we can we can do things with your children, especially as far as their identification, their names, how they dress, et cetera, behind your back without you even knowing. I am going to get to those two stories. Um, I do want to look at the uh, the Miss Ray D, Ray, R-A-Y-D-D-E-E, O-Active, Radioactive, uh, the new... Uh, <laughs> What was she? What was she nominated to? She was nominated to the Department of Energy. Um, this is drag queen who previously discussed having sex with animals. Surprisingly, uh, Wisconsin at Wisconsin University, which rings a bell. What is going on in Wisconsin? As some of you old time listeners know, <clears throat> we had Whitney Wisconsin on the show a long time and did a full, <clears throat> I think, couple hour interview with her. And another, she might be, uh, now we didn't know exactly who she was. We started interviewing her for something else. And then people that were watching the show live said, hey, that's Whitney, Wisconsin. We start Googling Whitney, Wisconsin. Come to find out she's the bestiality queen. This all went down on our live show. This is a really old show. You guys can uh, check it out. I, I don't, I can't remember. Oh, I think it's, I think it's called We Like It Rough, R-U-F-F or something like that. <clears throat> But that was an interesting show because we had this bestiality queen on. I think on that same episode, we also had a libertarian press, a presidential candidate, uh, um, Ruff. What was her first name? I forget. But anyways, that was an old show. But something's in the water in Wisconsin. Because Whitney, Wisconsin, this guy, Department of Energy hires drag queen who previously discussed having sex with animals. Yeah, yeah, you heard that right. Uh <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and delve into the story real quick. Uh, recent recent reports have highlighted a new Biden administration hire in the Department of Energy, Sam Brenton, who's a drag queen who has previously bragged about having sex with animals. Yes, you heard that right. Brenton has lectured on kink while at college campuses and was hired to fulfill the role as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Dis- Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy. Britain also goes by Sister Radioactive, which he notes is, is his drag queen name after his alter ego. Sam has worn his stilettos to Congress to advise legislators about nuclear policy and to the White House where he advised President Obama and Michelle Obama on LGBT issues. Britain has also conducted several interviews where he discusses fetish role play and he has even boasted about being a participant in bestiality. <clears throat> now it doesn't get in here. <clears throat> it doesn't get into detail here of uh, what his four-legged friend of choice is. I guess it could be a two-legged friend. I mean, if he's banging kangaroos, I guess it could be a two-legged friend. I mean, kangaroos—they're front, their arms, their arms, right? It's two feet and two arms on a kangaroo. So it could be, it could be a two-footed furry animal. Maybe it's not even furry. It could be a lizard. Who knows? I nobody knows what this guy's banging, but he has he has bragged about uh, bestiality. After describing in graphic detail how he role plays as a pup handler in one of his interviews, the new Biden hire defended bestiality. Now, if you're going to go out to defend something, 
And I'm being sarcastic here. I think I need to put that disclaimer because I don't want anybody coming at me and uh, taking the sarcasm as the truth. But if you're sarcastically going to defend something, I guess bestiality is, uh, it wouldn't be my choice. Let's just put it that way. But anyways, it says here, after describing in graphic detail how he role plays as a pup handler in one of his interviews, the new Biden hire defended bestiality, arguing, arguing that the practice should be normalized. Normalized. Hide your kids. Hide your dogs. And I quote, one of the hardest things about being a handler is that I've honestly had people ask, wait, you have sex with animals? <laughs> okay. All right. They believe it's abusive. That it's taking advantage of someone who may not be acting up to a level of human responsibility. The other misperception is that I have some really messed up background. Like, did I have some horrible childhood trauma that made me like to have sex with animals? No, he says he's completely normal. Just what he does. That's his kink. He, that's his kink. Britton has also lectured at college campuses on kink, including teaching a class for the University of Wisconsin, Stout Gender and Sexually, Sexuality Alliance, entitled The Physics of Kink back in 2018. I bet you he knows who Whitney, Wisconsin is. Uh, the event's description on Alliance's Instagram page said the lecture was to include live demos on the tension forces of bondage, thermodynamics of wax play, physics, physics of impact, and circuits of electroplay. So anyways, that's the new Biden appointee, Sam Britton. And he looks, uh, you know, he's one of these drag queens... <clears throat> With a particular style that I find is very interesting. Uh, I mean, if you, I guess if you're a drag queen, you can do whatever you want. But he wears like this old lady in this picture that I'm looking at. He's got this old lady yellow dress on, lots of necklaces with like a little like kind of a a, a red a red design shawl. But him physically, he's got a mustache and a goatee and a shaved head. So it's a really it's a really uh, let's just call it interesting look. Of the dress with the goatee, the mustache, the lips with bright red lipstick and the shaved head. Interesting. Anyways, that's what's going on with Biden's uh, cabinet. In, in fact, this would be great. Biden, go on Joe Rogan. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your pro-bestiality appointee to the Department of Energy. Very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, so that's all I, uh, let me see. Let me get back here. <clears throat> So I wasn't going to that story yet. I'm still going over the highlights of what's going on. Neil Young's back on Spotify, and that's kind of a that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a a a, a hook, line, and sinker headline. Uh, what it is is the music that's still on Spotify of Neil Young's. It's because it was licensed to movies. So any song that he had in a movie soundtrack is still on Spotify. And the interesting thing about Neil Young is he already sold 50% of his catalog back a couple years ago. So he does he he he's only 50% owner of uh, uh, of of his um, of his uh, catalog to begin with, so you know it, it was interesting when he started demanding his his um, music being taken off Spotify. It 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 seemed like well, what about your business partner that owns fifty percent of your catalog? What about the revenue that they have their you know their claws in? I mean, are you even qualified to take your music off Spotify? 
But anyways, there's a lot of headlines going around saying that Neil Young is back on Spotify, but the reality is it's just uh, music that was licensed to movies, et cetera, and that kind of stuff. Uh, let me see. Disney to end mask mandates starting Thursday, which is uh, today. That's Disneyland California. Uh, there's not much really to say to, to that other than it's lifted uh, as of today. And let me see the transition closets that the teacher supplies. We're going to get back to that. Oh, I do have an audio clip of uh, Tulsi Gabbard on Joe Rogan that I'm going to play here in a little bit. Uh, there's a Disney community that's being built out in Coachella. It's going to be this whole housing thing for ex insane Disney fans. I don't know if that's a place I'd want to live, but we'll get to that. And let's see. Oh, also, there was a news article uh, that said that attractive people have a better immunity system. So we're going to get all to, we're going to get to all of this and more. And let's start off. Let's start off with the teachers that were renaming a student uh, without the parental consent. OK, so there's a <clears throat> this was a letter from the principal. Tammy Lee, uh, assistant principal. Oh, it's Tammy Lee, assistant principal, pronouns she, her, hers. And let's see. The letter says, I'm trying to see if it says exactly who, who it's to. It appears that it would be to um, the other teachers at the class. But here, here's the letter. From here on out, Rebecca... And we're going to hide her last name for protection. But from here on out, Rebecca shall be referred to as Evan. He, they. He will use the girls' bathroom facilities. All students and staff may know there will not be an announcement in class. Evan's parents do not know. So Synergy and any information that goes home shall say Rebecca. Please make note in your sub plans to use Evan Knowing the attendance sheet from Synergy will say Rebecca. And that is in the San Pascal Union School District. Uh, how do you feel about that? How about how do you feel about a teacher's now it, it, this is in seventh grade? So imagine this your your daughter goes to school. She's in the seventh grade. She obviously talks to some transition coach there at the school. And, uh, and, and I'm not joking when I say transition coats, there's, 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 there's people that work in these schools that at the mere sight of anything out of the ordinary, uh, start questioning your child's identity, their gender recognition, et cetera. So this is, imagine your daughter in the seventh grade going to school. You think everything's fine. You don't know what's going on at all, but her whole life at school, she's identifying as Evan being addressed as Evan by the teachers, by classmates, etc., And this is the part that's messed up. The teaching faculty, along with the assistant principal, is hiding it from you. They're still keeping her paperwork to say Rebecca. They're asking her on roll call. They're calling her out as Evan for roll call, but they're marking her down as Rebecca. And it's a conspiracy amongst the teaching faculty and the principals to totally hide from you the fact that your daughter is identifying as a male at school going by Evan, as opposed to your given name to her as Rebecca. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that kind of deception going on at the school from the faculty of the school? 
Now, I know it's easy to say, now, oh, Jake, that's just a one-off. This doesn't happen all the time. These, these are just some extremist teachers that are out there that are pulling this crap. This, isn't, this, this doesn't go on in schools. Teachers don't do this. Well, hold on, hold on. I've got another story. I've got another story that is very similar. Okay, let me, I'm pulling it up right now. Bear with me. So this teacher is a male teacher. And I actually have some audio on this one. So hold on. Let me let me wait for this to load up. And first off, the quote is, the goal of the transition closet. Hold on. I'm getting the video cued. Bear with me. Calm down. Calm your horses. The goal of the transition closet is for students to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into clothes that fit who they truly are. Now, I've got an audio clip on this one. Let's see if I can get this going the first shot. Here we go. Hang on. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. Uh, are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? <clears throat> I mean, where are they getting these clothes from? Are the kids packing the clothes and bringing themselves? I have some questions. Is this sanitary? Is the school providing the clothes? Is this teacher providing the clothes? Is this teacher playing dress up and putting the kids in the clothes that he wants to see them in? Uh, that, that, these, these, are, these, are, these are not allegations. These are questions. But I mean, as a parent, so we've got one incident where a school is renaming your child and reclassifying their identification in the classroom behind your back. And then you've got this other teacher that is actually giving kids a dressing room and somehow they're getting clothes. It's not clear how they're getting clothes, but I have some, I have some serious issues, uh, questions about that. And this is, this is, this is, this is the new normal. These are two incidents, two incidents, different schools, different, different teachers, different principals, different fact. One school, you have the whole faculty on board that is hiding your child's identity. This school, you've got some creepy teacher. I, I'm going to call him a creepy teacher. That is my opinion that he's a creepy teacher. Any teacher that has a dressing room in their classroom, a transition closet, so they can, or whatever he calls it, a transition closet where they can come in and change clothes to, uh, to be the superhero that they are and his little Kalel and all this other, ah, man, these people need to be ran out on a rail. These, they need to be ran out. This is not appropriate. This is not okay. This is not cool. And you see, the problem we have right now is teachers have gone rogue. They've gone rogue. And the reason they've gone rogue is for many reasons. You have school boards that are elected by the people, by the parents that are supposed to represent the parents and supposed to represent the needs of the children on the parents' behalf. That's what they're put into place for. These school boards have forgotten who elects them, who puts them in their position, and who they represent. And all of a sudden, these school boards start morphing into something that is just there to defend the teachers and to work with the teachers' unions. That's not what they're there for. They're there for the kids. They're there for the parents. So you have these teachers that start looking at the school board 
they start ignoring the 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 the, the parents and the parents' complaints because they they've they've literally got a mentality of the parents are not my boss. That we answer to the school board, and there's a problem of misrepresentation of the needs of the students and of the students and the parents. I think I just messed that up. I did. I just Joe Biden it. But for, come on, give me a break, okay? Um, so we've got some serious problems in our education system. One incident is bad enough. We might be able to call that a a a a, a anomaly. But two, and there's there's more than that. There's more than that out there. There's a whole lot more than that out there. So I see how you think that you've done something here because another teacher parents or community members have voiced concern to their elected official, which is how that process works. Um, not not bringing it to a teacher, right? They're taking it to the elected official, um, and now that uh, legislators are are trying to implement these things, um, but still, in fact. A parent, not my boss. I don't. I don't actually answer to them. So get bent. Get bent. Get bent. Uh, yeah, a lot of people need to get bent. And that's another teacher just telling you the ideology that I believe is going on, where teachers they don't really care if the school board's not going to control them. They don't care what the teach what the parents have to say. So that's why it's important to elect school board officials that are going to get in there and fight for your behalf and going to wrangle these teachers because they don't give two shits about what you think. And if the school board doesn't care, it's you're, you're not going to see any headway. It's happening all over the country, man, all over the country. And to clarify, hold on, this isn't just, this isn't that the whole transition closet. Okay, that is not just some rogue teacher. Maybe it's fake. Maybe it's not. Here's an article from the postmillennial.com. The transition closet has come to Oakland's Fremont High School. The concept, which began in Arkansas church, it began in a church. God help us all. First launched at the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Fayetteville, is designed to let trans-identified youth circumvent their parents and socially transition without their knowledge. That is the goal. The goal is to transition without the parents' knowledge. The transition closet announced with glee the new chapter with Fremont High School, writing that we are extremely excited to begin our journey in working with Fremont High School of Oakland, California, alongside our favorite teacher of TikTok, just a queer teacher. As was first reported by Twitter account Teacher Exposed, a video of the teacher was also shared, which we already played the video. The goal of the transition clause is for our students to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out the clothes that fit who they truly are. That is just the most insane quote. I know I've hit it like three times. And the teacher in question is Thomas Martin Edwards. He's a Spanish teacher at the Oakland Unified School District and founder of the Queer Teacher Fellowship. Martin Edwards previously served as the assistant principal of the San Ramon Valley Unified School District. Mm. Mm. The Facebook page for the transition closet spoke about the need of the new transition closet. And I quote, the near future holds transition closets and services throughout the school district for students of the trans, non-binary, intersex, and additional LGBTQIA plus community members. They shared, we are currently in need of clothing donations to help kickstart. We are currently, I guess I found out where the clothes come from. We are currently in need of clothing donations to help kickstart the first school-based transition closet. 
So they're actually having people donate the clothes that your kids are going to be wearing in the transition closet. What is the sanitary procedure of that? Who's donating these clothes? What kind of creep is donating clothes for a transition of students behind their parents' back? I don't know. I would like to know. Is it just me? Okay, Jake, you're being old-fashioned. You need to open your mind. No, 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 no. Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, the idea of the transition closet, the idea of it, of going behind parents' backs, that is the problem that I have. I do not have a problem. I think it's I think it's illogical, but I do not, I do not have a problem with what the what the hell a kid identifies as. I do not have a problem with that. That's between them and their parents. But the, that's the key. That's the key idea here. That's become between them and their parents to fit to work through this and figure it out. Not the school. Not the school. The fact that they're going behind the, the parents' backs and doing this is outrageous. And if that doesn't, if that does, and can we talk about one other thing? Can we talk about one other thing? LGBTQIA+. How many additions are we going to give to this fucking acronym, man? It was LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQIA+. Come on, dude. Come on. Come on. The, this whole movement is fluid and it's bullshit. It's the bullshit fluidity movement. That's what's going on here. Oh, the transition closet, which features videos. It features videos teaching girls how to bind their breast so they appear more masculine. <sighs> they recently received a grant from the Arkansas LGB, LGBTQ+. Advancement Fund. Well, I guess the uh, the Arkansas LGBTQ plus needs to update their terms to include the IA in there because uh, it's up to LGBTQIA plus and the Arkansas, uh, whoever IA is, they, they apparently do not support them because they're only LGBTQ plus. Get with the times, Arkansas. Come on, man. You're missing two letters. Anyways, they got a grant from the LGBTQ plus Advancement Fund, the grant will be used to provide gender-affirming clothing and accessories for transgender and non-binary Arkansans, 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 whatever. Um, I guess that's what the grant is for that went to the school in Oakland. The Transition Closet Think the Big Binder Project, which provides free chest binders to girls seeking to hide their breast. The only requirement we have, according to the Big Binder Project notes, is that you are in need of a binder and have no way to afford or, or obtain one on your own. The Binder Project also writes that they are working hard to provide local binder services through transition closets nationwide. Nationwide! Oh, oh, this is just one school. This is just one school in Oakland that's being a little crazy. No, it started at a church in Arkansas. It's at a school in Oakland, and they're wanting to take this nationwide. Nationwide! In discussing the plan for the installation of the transition closet at Fremont High School with Alexander Brody Switzer of Valid by Brody, a group that works toward establishing transition closets worldwide, Martin Edwards said. My principal just approved our district's first transition closet. We'll be working with the organization, the transition closet, to provide clothes for transgender, non-binary, and gender-exploring youth. 
who maybe don't have the access or safety to get those clothes in their personal lives. They'll be able to come to school and change it to the clothes that make them feel more at home and more like themselves, and I just think that this is lovely. The Transition Closet hosts videos on how to use specific pronouns, such as fay fair. I don't even know what fay fair is. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. Fay fair. F-A-E slash F-A-E-R. Oh, boy. Provides help on how to look more stereotypically masculine from a Saudi Arabian businessman. What? Let me read that again. Uh, fay fair provides help on how to look more stereotypically masculine from a Saudi Arabian businessman, how to use the pronoun dressing room, and how to stretch before and after wearing a breast binder. Videos on how to put on a chest binder and why a person would choose a, to bind their best breast litter the page. Uh, boy, I know this is getting a little deep here. Uh, they're wrapping it up by saying it's unclear if Oakland's Fremont High School will also be facilitating getting binders to trans or non-binary non-binary identified female students at the school without their parents' knowledge or consent. Oh, man. Oh, boy. It kind of makes my blood boil a little bit. It makes my blood boil. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when, when you look at what's going on, you just say, what kind of train wreck is America on that this stuff is going on? Just the mere fact that they want to hide everything from the parents. That's where I have the major problem. I mean, who wouldn't have a major problem with that? Then you wonder why so many people want to homeschool their kids and get them out of this, 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 this environment that is overran with this radical, radical leftist thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten to know Joe. I, I consider him a good friend. Uh, he's he's like the nicest, most generous, humble guy. Um, and I think he's done the right thing in addressing these issues that have come up very directly, very honestly, and and been very ready to admit how can he be better and apologizing. Um, I think it's what we would hope to get from, from anyone, really. And I think how not only a lot of the kind of corporate response has been, uh, but also, frankly, the White House inserting itself into trying to cancel Joe Rogan points to the bigger issue, which is uh, really the attempts by, by the power elite trying to silence and cancel people who dare to question the establishment narrative, who dare to uh, maybe hold a different view. Uh, and, and that response, trying to cancel people, silence them and smear their character is the age-old tactic. I've been on the receiving end of it, so I know exactly how that feels. And it, it is so dangerous because it, it undermines free speech in America. Mm, that's Tulsi Gabbard laying it out there. Keywords there. I, might, I may disagree. This is what she said in her Twitter post. I may disagree with what you say, but I'm willing to sacrifice my life to protect your right to say it. The campaign to silence Joe Rogan shines a light on the bigger issue. The power elite will silence anyone who dares challenge or question their power. And I think she's nailed it 100%. I don't need to go into a whole Joe Rogan rant again. Uh, Charlemagne, uh, he actually produced some uh, some some comments about Joe Rogan. He's he's you know there's many times where he's he's uh, he's he's released some well thought out comments on what's going on in society Charlemagne in a nutshell I don't have it in front of me uh but he said that he's he's he 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 
he referred to Joe Rogan that he's listened to him for years, doesn't think he's a racist. The 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 statement that he had the most problem with uh, was with the the Planet of the Apes comment. And Charlemagne said, yeah, and if you listen to the clip in its entirety, immediately after he said that, he said, oh, I can't say that that's racist and apologized right then and there. Um, but, it, you know, is also what, how many years ago, 10, 15 years ago? Anyway, Charlemagne uh, came to the defense of Joe Rogan in a way, uh, believing that the apology is sincere and then, you know, he believes Joe Rogan isn't a racist. And then he also pointed out NDRE, who's been kind of flip-flopping back and forth. I mean, she, she said, you know, that, that Joe Rogan's apology was the apology that she wanted to hear, uh, but then she went on another show, uh, I forget his name, the guy with the afro. Anyways, she went on his show and then slammed him a little bit more, so she's kind of been flip-flopping back and forth. But, you know, that's uh, the Joe Rogan whole thing has been beaten to death. We don't need to really go into that anymore. Um, otherwise, in the news, what else we have? We have, uh, there was something else I want to get to. Uh, that was Tulsi on Joe, the Disney community being built in Coachella. Attractive people have better immunity systems. That, that's from Fox News. That's not. Okay, let's look at this. Attractive people have better immune systems. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, let me see what's going on here. I'm trying to sort through the bullshit. Let me see what's going on. Uh, Texas Christian University researchers use participants from the university and nearby community to help establish that attractive people have better immune systems. According to the study, there are associations between facial attractiveness and immune function, according to researchers. In a study published Wednesday in the academic journal Proceedings of the Royal Society B, boy, that's a tongue twister, a team from Texas Christian University looked at 159 participants who were students at the university or members of the surrounding community. The men and women were screened in advance to ensure that they were without a history of mental illness or chronic depression, non-obese, free from acute illness, not using hormonal contraceptives, willing to abstain from steroidal and anti-inflammatory medications, exercise and alcohol consumption for two days prior to participation, and willing to fast the morning of participa participation. All women subjects participated with their sex steroid levels are low during the early follicular phase of their ov ovulatory cycle. Well, this is just going to be a tongue twister for Jake today, apparently. And participants were asked to have their photos taken and blood tested. They also responded to compliance questions on the day of the participation and removed any makeup before taking a picture from the neck up. They were instructed to man maintain a neutral facial expression. Then their height and weight were measured and 85 milliliters of blood was collected, as well as plasma that was frozen at minus 80 degrees Celsius. Okay, okay. I just want to know the results. So they're, they're going on here to say how they conducted the test. Results revealed that attractive targets had higher rates of phagocytosis, where a cell uses its plasma membrane to ingest foreign particles. Foreign particles of E. coli biparticles, higher basophil white blood cell counts, lower neutrophil white blood cell counts, greater natural killer cell cytotoxicity, and slower rates of staphylococcus aureus growth in plasma. The effect was stronger in women than in men. 
Uh, okay, let's get to the nutshell, okay? Literature the authors wrote revealed that facial attractiveness is often consistent across time and space. Features such as clear skin, prominent cheekbones, bright eyes, and full red lips have been deemed attractive throughout recorded human history. They noted writing that perceptions of attractiveness could play an important role in guiding the choice of partners with high-functioning immune systems. So what they're saying is, when you look the stereotypical way, red lips, bright eyes, strong cheekbones, it's an indicator, it's, it's your body's indicator that you have a strong immune system. Okay, I'm, I'm buying it, I'm buying it. So what they're claiming here is that your body reacts to your immune system and portrays that to the opposite sex as far as attractiveness. Okay, all right. I can go with that. I can go with that. It kind of it kind of makes sense. So they ran a test on it and all this other nonsense, and it kind of proved the point that the people that are more attractive are healthier. Well, that's an odd one. That is an odd one. So is that to say that ugly people with no cheekbones, thin lips, and an and ass that you can't differentiate from the legs, they are unhealthy? So they're so unhealthy, they're so ugly, they're sick. I mean, that's the kind of the conclusion you have to draw here, right? Uh, well, uh, that's going to be controversial. That's for sure. Uh, we touched on this earlier, but Neil Young back on Spotify. And I kind of already went over this. I don't think we need to rehash that again. We need to move along. We've already taken up too much time today. Uh, let's see. The Disney community in Coachella... See, I don't know if I want to live with a bunch of Diz nerds, Diz nerds, a bunch of pen traders uh, hanging out in the middle of a desert. But anyways, Disney announced it will be building a new residential community in the Coachella Valley. It will include homes, restaurants, and a lagoon. Let me pull up the whole article here. Um, yeah, I bet it's going to be expensive, though. There's no, there's no way they can house on something that says Disney without it being expensive. Let's see what DeMarco Morgan has to say. Hang on here. Uh, let's pull this up. DeMarco Morgan, and this is the rundown. A new video of a scary follow-home robbery and down. Okay, I got to edit this because that's not the proper video, DeMarco. Fucking douchebag. I hate it when websites do that, right? You're in the news story. They have a video there about the news story. But when you click on the, on the video, it has nothing to do with the news story that you're reading. Bait and switch, man. Bait and mother friggin' switch. Okay. Disney announced Wednesday that it will be building a residential community in the Coachella Valley of Rancho Mirage. That's a pricey area. Known as Cotino. Cotino. It will be a first such community in Disney's new story living venture. With the company hoping to build several more nationwide. Cotino will include single family homes, condos, and a section for residents ages 55 and older. It will be surrounded, it will all surround a 24-acre grand oasis with a lagoon. Coachella Valley was chosen in part because now I've got a pop-up on my screen and I can't even read the damn article. This freaking, what am I on? CBS LA? Shame on you. <sighs> Coachella Valley was chosen in part because Disney founder Walt Disney had owned a home there. These master communities, master plan communities are intended to inspire residents to foster new friendships, pursue their interests, and write the next exciting chapter in their lives, all while going 
all while enjoying the attention to detail, unique amenities, and special touches that are Disney hallmarks. That's what Disney said in a new news release. The community will include shops, restaurants, a beachfront hotel, and a beach park. It will also have curated experiences, including wellness programming, live performances, and cooking classes, and philanthropic endeavors. It's unclear when groundbreaking is expected to start on Cotino or how much the homes will run for. So I guess you can look out for that. I mean, the artist renderings of what's going on here, it looks really nice. looks like it's going to be a high-end location. Um, it looks, you know, it looks, it looks beautiful. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Disney and Coachella. All right. What else do we have in the news? We had, let's see, we've knocked out the Disney. I'm trying to hit this stuff fast. Get us out of here. Attractive people have a better immunity. We already did that. Tulsi on Joe already did that. Neil Young back on Spotify. No need to do that. Okay. Now this could be a very complicated question. All right. You ready for it? All right, this is a ex-wife commenting on child support. Now her question, can I reject a paternity test as the mother of the child? Ex-husband wants a paternity test for our daughter. I have a couple of reasons for not wanting this to happen. Firstly, it is my child and I don't want anyone taking her DNA without my consent. Without my consent. Well, that, that just started, that started making me think back to the older stories that we were talking about, about parental consent in the transition closet. And that's important to parents, that they have their consent on what happens to their children. Anyways, that's beside the point. Let me get back to this. Firstly, it is my child, and I don't want anyone taking her DNA without my consent. And I don't want to give that consent. Secondly, the money that my ex-husband provides in child support is vital to my daughter and I having a safe, stable place to live. If it turns out that a certain someone else was the father, now that's a clue right there, right? <laughs> she knows that there's potential of a certain someone else. If it turns out that a certain someone else was the father, my daughter and I would be thrust into poverty. Is it possible to reject a DNA test of my daughter? Is it possible to mandate my ex-husband continue to pay child support even if he isn't the father, given that he undertook a fatherly role for five years before he left us. Basically, this mom is, she has a feeling in the back of her head and you can tell it's uncovered in this line here where it says, if it turns out that a certain someone else was the father, my daughter and I would be thrust into poverty. You know what? Um, why is it, why is it that the women in, in, in this, we've seen this before. We've seen this before where courts have ruled with these outrageous rulings that even if the the daughter wasn't theirs. They thought it was. And so because of that, you've got to pay child support. It's unfair to the man. It's come on, come on. If it's, if, if it's fair, there's no way of looking at this in, in the right light. I mean, I think the guy's entitled to a paternity test. If it's not his kid, well, then she needs to go after the father. That is the father of her kid. It was her decision to be doing a gang bang with all these potential father figures and uh, not knowing exactly who the father is, I bet you anything she's already done a DNA test on this kid and she knows, she knows that this guy's not the father. I don't know if that's technically possible, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great idea. That's a, that's an odd one. That's an odd one. All right, back to the news, getting out of here, getting this stuff out of here. And uh, let's see, we already did miss radioactive at the top of the show. Oh, one more story that I want to I touch on, okay? So we've had this cluster in California 
of basically any crimes where people are stealing under $900 worth of stuff. It's just a misdemeanor, and it's created all these smash-and-grab situations. I mean, crime is on the rise in California. Uh, California lawmakers want to reverse Prop 47 and make crime illegal again. How do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, when we lifted these, uh, look at San Francisco. People just walk in, fill up their shopping carts, and walk out. Nobody does anything. As crime continues to concern communities throughout California, Republican state leaders are making efforts to repeal a much-debated measure critics say has emboldened criminals and tied the hands of law enforcement. In March, state legislators on the General Assembly's Public Safety Committee will conduct a hearing on AB 1599, which would pose the question of Proposition 47, known as the Safe Neighborhoods and School Act. So they're going to send that to voters once again in an effort to crack down on rampant theft. The measure was ushered in by voters in 2014 and has been blamed for many blazing smash and grab thefts and shoplifting incidents plaguing cities up and down the state. It has essentially legalized theft and open drug use in California, culminating in these unbelievable smash and grab robberies. And I see them on my feeds almost every day. State Assemblyman Kevin Kiley who was one of three GOP lawmakers who introduced AB 1599 in January. He says voters were, there's that word again that slammed me up here. Voters were egregiously, come on. Why does this word have to pop up once a day and I can't freaking say it? Voters were egregiously, egregious, it's egregiously. Why can't I not say that it's egregiously? Why do I look at that word and I don't, I don't say egregiously? Voters were egregiously misled about what this would do. I just had a triumph. I just had a triumph there. I just overcame my, my Down syndrome uh, 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 reading comprehension level, and I figured out it's, I see now I look at it again and it screws me up, egregiously misled about what, <laughs> what this would do. All right, I got to stop. So some Republican guys are trying to get this up to over, uh, repeal 47 or overturn it. Um, so the Prop 47 downgraded charges pertaining to certain theft and drug possession crimes from a felony to a misdemeanor if the value of the stolen goods is less than $950. As a result, thieves feel emboldened to commit crimes because of the soft penalties. And that was said by Kylie, whose assembly district includes portions of Sacramento County, and northeast of San Francisco. In addition, the measure allows defendants serving sentences for felony offenses that would have qualified as misdemeanors under the measure to petition courts for resentencing under the new misdemeanor provisions and authorizes those who have completed their sentences to ask that their convictions be reclassified as misdemeanors. The new legislation introduced by Kylie and other lawmakers would overturn much of what's in Prop 47 in an effort to make crime illegal again. In January, Democratic Assemblyman Rudy Salas introduced his own legislation, AB 1603, which would lower the threshold amount for petty theft and shoplifting from $950 to $400. The original figures before it was actually passed as Prop Prop 47. We have seen the unintended consequences of Prop 47's weakening of our theft laws, and I believe California voters are ready to make their voices heard on this issue again. 
He said in a statement at the time, AB 1603 provides that opportunity and will allow us to take a stand against the theft and criminal gangs who are plaguing our state. So you have the Democrats that all they want to do is they want to lower the dollar amount from 950 down to 400. <laughs> and then you have the Republicans uh, want to get these fuckers back in jail. Uh, whatever it is, whatever it is, the right road of action, we got to do something because it is out of control. It's out of control. If AB 1599 is passed and signed by Governor Gavin Newsom, voters would have the final say on the fate of Prop 47. A recent survey conducted by the Institute of Governmental Studies at the University of California, Berkeley, and co-sponsored by the Los Angeles Times, found that most voters support a change to Prop 47. Uh, Kylie said he recognizes the challenges of getting such a bill passed. California's heavily Democratic-controlled legislator I don't think the situation has gotten so dire that perhaps even this legislature is ready to take action, he said. Upon its, upon its approval by nearly 60% of voters, Prop 47 was celebrated with much fanfare. That's when it passed the first time. Prop 47 was celebrated with much fanfare from criminal justice advocates and Democratic officials. Prior to that, it also received support from dozens of social justice groups and a slew of celebrities, including rapper Jay-Z and actors Cameron Diaz and Brad Pitt. Uh, so those are the celebrities that you can thank for having these rampant smash and grab robberies happening 24 seven and people just walking out of grocery carts full of merchandise. You can thank Jay-Z, Cameron Diaz and Brad Pitt. Fox News has reached out to the office of Governor Gavin Newsom and American Civil Liberties Union chapters in Southern and Northern California about the repeal effort. The ACLU said no one was available to comment on the matter. Blah, 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 blah. You get what's going on. They're trying to repeal it. Something needs to be done. It's out of control. Uh, we've got to do something because this California that we live in right now is just not looking that great. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Oh, shit. We're 49 minutes in. This is Jake with Radio Wonderland News. Take care. Be good humans. Be good people. Like, share, subscribe to the show, follow the show, subscribe to it, get it in your daily fee for our takes on the on, on the news. Share it with your conservative, your liberal, and your normal, moderate friends, whoever's out there. If you have any questions or comments, you can definitely hit me up, jake at radiounderland.com. You can follow our news group on Facebook, which is Radio Underland News Group, and you can see the stories there for yourself, and you can also post your own stories that you'd like to see covered. Other than that, be good humans. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.